Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton. And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you this wisdom teachings. Welcome, everyone. Today, we're so thrilled to bring to you our beloved teacher, friend, and sister, Ama Barong. She's a powerful spiritual practitioner, and we can't wait for you to hear all of the wisdom she has for us today. But first, let us introduce her to you. Ama is an Agape licensed spiritual practitioner with a deep commitment to spiritual growth and service. With seven years of experience at the Agape International Spiritual Center and as, a, as the director of special projects with the Spirit Awakening Foundation, Amma's dedication shines through her work. Amma's journey of personal and spiritual growth has taken her across the globe, studying shamanism in South America and exploring various healing modalities up in her return to the United States. Her love for the new thought teachings blossomed through her services at the Agape International Spiritual Center. Now, Amma's most important role and her divine purpose is found in raising and caring for her two beautiful children, which brings her immense joy. And I've met them. They're wonderful beings. And in today's episode, she will share valuable insights with us on emotional self-care, about which she is an expert. I can attest to that. And she's going to be guiding us on how to activate our divine self by nurturing and restoring our emotions to a state of pure, unconditional love. Welcome, Ama. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is such an honor, and I feel so blessed, first of all, to know each of you, Paola and Jennifer, and to have been part of your journey. Um, I consider both of you teachers myself, and it is absolutely such an honor to be here in this sacred space that both of you have created. I've listened to most of your podcasts, um, so I'm a fan of your show, and I feel just thrilled, thrilled to be here. Thank you. Thank you, sister. The feeling is mutual. Yeah. We are so privileged and honored by your presence, and we're big fans of yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Now, Alma, um, I'm just going to take a moment to tell our listeners that we're doing things a bit differently today. We know Alma as a channel and a speaker, and so we're going to turn the mic over to her. And of course, we'll pipe in when divinely guided to do so. Alma, we invite you now to lead us in this discussion as we delve into this powerful exploration and discover how our emotions can lead us closer to our own divinity. Please, sister, what say you? The first thing I will say is let us all take a deep breath and allow ourselves to surrender into the arms of our hearts, the space where the intellect cannot go, There's only the feeling, the softness, the tenderness of a deep, deep connection that goes beyond the physical. And just kind of imagine yourself letting go 
and being so held, so loved, so adored, that there's nothing you've done wrong, nothing that you need to do to fix or make happen. So we take another deep breath and at the exhale, just drop into this feeling tone. Gently beginning to open your eyes. So welcome to your divine self. Because our divine self is within the space within us that is in the world of the invisible, if you will. It cannot be touched, has no physical form. And the way in here is through our feeling. It is not something you can reason or rationalize or have an intellectual concept. I mean, we could talk, talk, talk about it from an intellectual perspective. However, it's the experience. It's the feeling. It's a very different experience if I tell you about vanilla ice cream and the texture, where it comes from, how it's made. It's very different than on a hot summer day. We can stand and enjoy and savor and feel the texture of that creamy ice, especially Italian ice cream, that creamy ice cream melting in your mouth and just making its way through your throat down to your stomach. And you just want to take another, you know, bite and, and just savor it. It's a very different experience. So similarly with our reaching our divine self, it's an experience. At least that is how it was. That was my breakthrough. Because I, for many years, have been an avid student of just about any self-care um, program. I studied uh, hypnotherapy. Uh, I even did Reiki. I did aromatherapy, crystals. And I was so hungry. I was starving to know, to understand. And I remember I was at a firewalking event in Chile. And I remember out of the blue, I said, they were talking about intentions. And I said, I want to know my own divinity. And I don't know where that came from. And everyone looked at me because everyone was uh, expressing, I want more money. I want a successful business. I want the love of my life. And when it came to me, that did not come from my intellect. It really came from a deeper space within me. It just bursted out. I want to know my own divinity. So within a, a few years of that, I, I was pregnant with my oldest child. And it, it was a, quite an experience. Um, I'll say that. It, it was not the honeymoon perfect divine relationship. It ended up being a, a very abusive relationship. And it was a very difficult situation. I ended up being a single mother with two young children, three and two, because as I was making the decision of how I wanted to raise my children, then their father was um, with a different understanding. We'll say that. And that is really what cracked me open onto this path of knowing my divine self. Everything I did before that 
was but the surface, was but the intellect. But it was not until I was with my two babies and that I could not, quote unquote, hold it together. None of the tools that I had learned before, none of the coaching books, coaching sessions, breath work, in, in all of their beauty and magnificence of, of these teachings and programs, nothing had equipped me really to be in the midst of two crying babies, for example, mm. in their own temper tantrums and not facing a situation of not having uh, the finances to support us in the way that I wanted to support us and not having the support system that I, that I really needed. So it, it confronted me with my divine curriculum that I can now share from a healed space that I would not change it for the world because of all that it taught me. Mm -hmm. So that was my, my initiation. Um, were you going to ask something, Paola? Well, when you say initiate me into my divine curriculum, uh, I'm very curious. How, how do you define that? What's what's our divine curriculum? Our divine curriculum, from what from what I understand, is the quote unquote issues mm. with which we constantly bump up against, and that we normally shy away from. Yeah. But if so you go through it, if you if you if you look in, in the eye, that's when your divinity your comes through. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Your divinity and, you know, is right there waiting for you. This is another way to say it perhaps would be Paula and Ama, would you agree? Your your divine purpose. A lot of our clients come in and they want to know their purpose. Uh, would could, could that be a vocabulary around this as well that you might use? Absolutely, absolutely. Because this divine curriculum, looking back, um, I had been um, presented with emotional literacy, with emotional intelligence while I was in college, and I was like, I'm not interested in that. I no, that's not for me. Uh, show me something else. So I wanted to go into, when I was in college, marketing and journalism, uh, I wanted to do and see and deal with everything else. I went to South America running away from my divine curriculum because I did not want to deal with my fam family issues and whatever situations in my childhood had felt hurtful for me. My idea of dealing with that was just closing the chapter and just moving, moving on. And then life boom brought me back to my city of birth which is los angeles brought me back in the in the middle of exactly what i needed to live to but not only not only was was i brought to to my divine curriculum i i and i'm no i know it was my it is my divine curriculum because i was also placed in the middle of where I needed to be, which was agape. Mm -hmm. And that is the next, the next part of it, right? Because it was the closest thing to my belief system 
that matched the values that I had learned within my shamanic tribe. And I remember arriving to Agape with two um, car seats with both my kids. And the minute I stepped foot, there was so much support. There was so much help. I was never turned away. I was never told to leave. Uh, the first person I bumped into, of course, was Reverend Michael. And both my kids ran up to him because they were learning how to walk, right? And I thought he was going to kick me out. And I was so scared. And as they made their way to him, his uh, bodyguards told him that these kids wanted to say hi. So he turned, he knelt, and he hugged them. And then he turns to me and says, are you the mother? And I said, yes. And he says, welcome home. Mm -hmm. And he opened his arms. And, and gave me a big hug. So I knew that this is exactly where I needed to be. And this is the place that I found um, Susie Lula, who's my, my teacher and, and coach and mentor on um, emotional self-care, soul care, which I'm also uh, a certified coach um, with. And, and that is really the very first time that I had the tools with which to work on my spiritual curriculum. And um, yeah, so we're talking about the divine self, the divine self, whatever you're complaining the most, just to make it short, whatever you feel, this has been the issue constantly. It, it all, it's always bringing me back. Then there's something there for you. It's not a bad thing. It's not, bad luck or bad fortune. No, it's the perspective that that we take. So if you can look at it based on one of my favorite principles, which is the universe is a friendly universe. So the universe wants me to learn something. The universe wants me to grow and expand. And it is so loving and compassionately that it's going to lovingly share with me Darling, sweetheart, these are the tools that you need in order to get to the next level. So see, the more we desire, the stronger our intention is for whatever is the next version of our life. I want more love. I want more freedom. I want more money. Whatever that more is, then the universe says, excellent. Here's the curriculum. These are the lesson plans. This is the one, two, three. And then you say, no, I want it to be easy. Well, it's not that hard. It's just that it's uncomfortable. Hmm. It's uncomfortable because the conditioning, as I was listening to your podcast from, um, what was it? The emotional, the wisdom of our emotions. Mm -hmm. It's it's so uncomfortable. We've been programmed and conditioned to feel good. And if it feels bad, then it's we demonize it. It's like a negative thing. It's it's a negative, uh, a negative emotion, a negative feeling. And there's no such thing. Emotions are just emotions. Mm. We are the ones that make it good or bad. It's the best thing to have a sensory system that's telling you where it is that you need to work on. So if I put my 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 hand on fire and it burns. The, the burning is not a bad thing. Uh, the universe is trying to tell me, don't place your hand on the fire. Be careful. That's the lesson. So it's, it's good that I can feel. It's good that I can discern this feels good. 
this doesn't feel so good, but what is there for me to learn, to grow because of the high intention that I'm seeking um, to reach? Mm-hmm. So the, the divine self is always there calling us. It is your dreams. It is your desires. It is your intentions. Because each of us is already equipped with that from the moment we come forth. So whatever it is from your earlier childhood to your teenage years, whatever it is that you think you might have been struggling with, it's actually there to support you. It's your stepping stone. And if we just allow ourselves to pause and to look within, not without, society is not going to educate you or equip you to be your divine self because it doesn't want your divine self. It capitalizes on you being separate from your divine self. Imagine that it doesn't, you know, water were free. We wouldn't be buying bottled water. Imagine that happiness and joy because it is free. But then it it wouldn't sell you the clothes or the house or the car. And it capitalizes on all of that. So society in itself is designed to keep us separate, to keep us blind to the truth of ourselves. The divine self is always there calling you. And it may not be in the language that feels the best because you are so powerful And this universe loves you so much. It loves me so much that it wouldn't allow me to run away from my divine curriculum. It brought me back so wisely. It it allowed me to come back. And it was not until I was with my baby that I love more than life itself, that I was willing to go through the uncomfortable emotions, um, go through the uncomfortable sensations and re-educate myself as to what they really are and the great, the tremendous opportunity that I was being gifted with all of these teachings, with all of the resources in order for me to grow myself, right? To own myself. Because that's really what the divine self is seeking, is for us to own it, to to embody it, not based on what society tells me, not based on what my mother says, my father says, my husband, my boyfriends, or my boyfriends. (laughs) It's not based on any of that. It's based on me. And only I have dominion over that. So the the way the path, at least that that I learned, um, was... First is to identify what am I feeling? What am I feeling? What am I feeling? Because we want to go into the story. I want to go into the explanation. Uh, There has to be a reason. No, 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 no. What am I feeling? What are the physical sensations that are coming up for me in this moment? Is it, and then you start exploring right because a lot of times especially we were not familiar I wasn't familiar what am I feeling am I feeling angry am I feeling sad am I feeling hurt and when you when you're able to identify when I was able to finally begin to identify I I feel I feel desperate that was my first feeling I feel desperate I need to pay my rent I need to feed my kids I was just very real excellent what is underneath that What do you mean what's underneath that? I just, I just need to pay my rent. No one's helping me. I'm alone. 
And then the, the coach or my teacher said, what, is, what are you feeling underneath that? And that just allows me to look deeper <clears throat> within me. Now it's not who's to blame, who's at fault, what are you going to do? What can you do? No, 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 no. Let's take this journey within. What am I feeling? Is, is it anger? Then maybe sadness. Then maybe um, the sense of fear that I wouldn't survive. Then the sense of fear that my babies wouldn't be okay. What's underneath that? What's underneath that, Amma? And then the deep hurt that I experienced as a child with my own parents and their situation, because my parents were divorced, and this was my mother's number one worry. I don't have enough, and I am so stressed. And allowing myself to be present with those deep, deep, unprocessed emotions, then that allowed myself to, to feel, because all emotions want, want is to be felt. Emotions are biologically designed to come in, be felt, and then they leave. That's their design. It's when we don't feel our emotions that we literally traumatize ourselves because we store that energy and it stays stuck in our cells and in, in our cellular memory. And then we tuck it away, we tuck it away, but it's energy. It needs an outlet. It's going to seek for a way out. And that way out is by unconsciously, because we don't do this consciously, recreating situations and events that are a vibrational match to the original event. Because in essence, there's, there's, a, there's an unmet need that was never looked at, that was never seen. So then that's the second part. Once I identify and I take the journey, what am I feeling underneath the anger? What am I feeling underneath um, the sadness? Because there's layers of emotions usually. And if I can see at the core where, where I can feel it the most or what evokes um, a, a stronger emotion for me, then my next question is, what did I need? What did I need as that little girl? What did I need the most? I needed to feel safe. I needed to feel okay. I needed to feel that I was worthy enough of being cared for. I needed to feel that I was valuable because as a child, I felt as a burden. I felt like I was a heavy burden on my mom and then on my dad. And of course, there's layers of stories there. And, and that was the, those were the stories, which is why I don't want to get into the stories, because the powerful, the powerful thing was learning how to own those emotions are my emotions because they were happening inside of me. The situations did happen, but because this is energy within me, it is only within my dominion to take ownership and give myself what I needed. So that's the third step. Now that I've identified what seemed to have been missing, from a 
from a higher consciousness and from everything that I've learned, from everything that I've been able to see and study, now I can turn to this aspect of me that felt um, unprovided for. And I can say to that little, I am your parent now. And it is an honor. It is my absolute joy to provide for you. What do you need? I will keep us safe. I can be the adult for you now. And it's okay. And in that connection comes the integration of that energy, of that emotion. And that opens up for my divine self to rush in. Because that's all it needed. Mm. But it needed for me to do this process. I have sat with healers, uh, shamans, clairvoyants, um, oh my goodness, for years and years and years. And they've told me the same stories. Yet it it really didn't do uh, too much for me. You know, it's not them. It was me. Mm-hmm. This is my opportunity. And in regaining dominion of me, owning my emotions, uh, learning to do my own maintenance, my own inner maintenance. Now I own myself. Now I can say the I am that I am that I am as a child of God, as a divine emanation of God. I know that I am one with that source of infinite abundance, infinite intelligence, infinite love. I am it. And it is me. And I can see that. Feeling it in the cells of my body. I can feel it in the palms of my hands. Once I've touched the, the, the wound, if that makes sense. So I go to the wound. I, I love it. I give it my love. I give it what it, what it need or what it needed. And from that opening... There's my divine self. Now that is what speaks into the authority, really, really self-authority. Mm. So, so beautiful. I, I, mix, I mixed a lot of teachings here. I love it. I'm oh, sure you have so many questions, Jen. Um, may I begin with one? <laughs> go ahead. Go for it, sister. Yes. So what I'm hearing um, is the tremendous courage to the the one needs to have to to say okay i'm going to drop the story because it's so tempting to blame the other to blame the circumstance because we got we got um you know evidence you know it's i gotta pay my rent you know this person did that and that to me and so and so said It, it, it there's so much um temptation to go there to to put our you know place the finger and 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 find the who's to blame right so i'm hearing there is a tremendous amount of courage or pain that takes us to that place to be like okay this is not working now what and also um to be willing to really name the emotions because one of the things 
that I've seen, Ama, is that sometimes when I've asked my clients, what are you feeling? They tell me the story. Yes. So yes. how do you, um, do you have like a, like a resource or something where people can start being more, um, have more literacy emotionally to be able to name their emotions? Um, how does one learn to do that? And, and what would you recommend someone that it's like, but it's the other, it's my, you know, it's my dad's fault or it's, you know, my ex fault. What would you say? There's two questions, I guess, in one, what would you say to someone that wants to blame and put the finger out there, you know, you know, the judge, the judging finger. And then how does one begin having more emotional literacy to be able to name their emotions? Mm. Well, the first, to answer your first question, when before I, I usually have a conversation with the client so I can kind of feel where they're at. And before I sit with the client, I sit with myself mm. before, um, maybe about an hour before, so that I can really be present with with me with my own emotions with my own um with my own process i'll say that to the degree that i can be sincere and present in my own process then i trust that that will create a a, a safe space for the other and and allow them a to say i totally understand that that such and such is the one to blame. It so makes sense because it does. I agree with you. Yes. And then I'm, I might ask, and how does it feel to you when that person does X, Y, and Z? How does it land in your body? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel uh, like a burning sensation? Does you, do you feel your tummy going in nuts? And then they say, oh, yes, I, I feel I, I, I do fists and, and I feel my shoulders getting tight. Oh, yes. And I say, great insight. And then I will walk them through a process. Okay. So it's not um, an intellectual question, because if you ask the intellect, the intellect will tell you the story. But if I guide them through a process, then that process will bring them an, into a deeper aspect of themselves. And when that is happening, then I'll, I'll ask, how does that part of you feel? How does that part of you feel? So it's, it's a, um, I remember, I think it was you, Paola. I think you said, this can, this can feel uh, humiliating for someone to face the the most delicate probably the 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 emotions that no one even wants to talk about and that's shame mm -hmm. and embarrassment yes and to and 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 i've had the experience with clients that go straight into that mm -hmm. like they just boom so if i can sit and hold this person as the most pure, the most loving, the most kind, 
in their most innocent state and allow the survival self to express because it's the part of them that wants to survive right and he did this and he did that and and it was his fault and him 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 and i'm just oh wow i so get it and how does that feel and, and then gently bringing them back and how does that feel that must have been so hard for you you were all alone that makes so much sense then the the more wounded part of them begins to feel safe, begins to feel safe, and either they'll express it or they just allow themselves to be flooded in tears. And then it's really um, a silent, really a holding a sacred space because you don't rationalize with these emotions. Mm -hmm. You cannot reason a person out of feeling whatever they're feeling. They need the space to feel the anger, the rage, the sadness, because they don't have any other space to feel this at where, where it's okay. And they're not going to be judged and no one's going to try to correct them. So I would never correct quote unquote anyone if they begin to share from that space, I become even more interested and I, and I, and I will listen not from my intellect. Cause I want to find out what's happening. I will listen with my heart. Like I'm holding a baby, an innocent child that it's going through this growth spurt and trusting that there's something deeper. There's something, there's a divine self in the midst there. I hope that answers your question. Beautiful. And what I'm hearing is that as you keep asking, they will come up with an answer that it is a feeling, not a story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I'd like to add to the conversation. I've had sessions with Ama. So have you, Paola. Mm -hmm. We've had Ama with us as a teacher and we've had the unique blessed experience to be with Amma while she's speaking. I bet our listeners can feel it now. Amma has direct access to a very rich emotional life. You can hear it in her voice. You'll hear a tremor and you know she is plugged in and she's in what we can call exquisite vulnerability, which takes great heart. And another word for heart, corazón, core, core, courage. And so I recognize Amma as, as a very courageous lover and, and, and space. I have been with Amma in my most vulnerable moments and known, yeah, mm -hmm. right? And known that I was held and known that I could, for lack of a better description, go through hell, go walk through fire. It's interesting that she made that fire reference earlier about walking on the coals because, you know, it can be terrifying, uh, to let the story go and to just feel it all. Uh, for me, there was profound sadness that was seeking emergence and expression. And Ahmed, she showed up and she loved me in, in a way that, you know, is rare and powerful and... So what I want to say to our listeners is I would invite you to, to have Alma in your life, <laughs> you know, yes. And 
<laughs> I mean, I benefit from Ama love in my that. life. I love that as a title, Ama in your life. Ama in that's my new book. <laughs> your new book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, in, in Italian, Ama is the third person to love. So uh, mm. really, Ama in your life, you know, exactly, precisely. <laughs> Um, and I want to talk about that exquisite vulnerability that, you know, not running into a story about me, because uh, often I find if the mind isn't blaming the other, then it's I'm I'm this or this always happens to me or even I can't provide for my children. I love that reference you made that there were individuals around you looking for money prosperity. And you said, I want to know my divine self. I just want to recognize your divine inspiration coming through in a moment when you, when you weren't necessarily sure about how you were going to provide for your babies and, um, and they're not babies anymore and they're well provided for. So recognizing that as well, that the, mm -hmm. the call was answered through Amma's willingness to know her divine self. That said, Amma, what would you tell an individual? I heard someone say this to me within the last 24 hours and, and I wasn't in a session with them. This was a friend and we were just in a friendly conversation. And she said, Oh, I just don't go there. I just don't want to go there. And I, I let that be part of the conversation. Again, I wasn't in a counseling session. And, um, and even if I were, I, I wouldn't correct that as, mm -hmm. as you said, um, Sorry, that's my dog. He's contributing to the <laughs> expressing. He's sharing. Yes. What would be a go-to, let's say a pocket practice, something people can carry around with them when that volcano of emotion, energy in motion starts coming up and a person finds themselves in a position where, where their protective personality says, I'm not going there. What could be an instant practical um, practice, for lack of a better word, that, that we can gift to our listeners that they could carry around with them? What's a loving response uh, that you could offer our, our listeners as a practice? You gave an advanced practice. How about, <laughs> how about a quickie in moments of crisis? But before I answer the quickie, I, I, I want to go back to what you were saying when, when you said um, that you felt so held and you felt loved in, in hell. Because I have cultivated a relationship to my emotions. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I have a, a healthy relationship to my sadness, to my hurt, to my sense of um, a feeling so sad. Yeah. So for me, my emotions at, at their varying degrees are my friends. There's nothing wrong with them. They come to me with, with gifts. It's, it's like the lights on the dashboard of a car. You know, when the gas light comes up, I don't curse it. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know that I need to put gas. I'm going to pull over and put gas and continue on my way. But what do we do? No, I, I don't want to deal with it. It doesn't feel good. And so I bulldoze over the car and then I'm still stuck without gas. I still have to do the maintenance. 
you still have to do your spiritual curriculum. We all come forth with our own lessons and you will still face it. May it be head on, may it be, um, you know, kicking and screaming. You choose, but that curriculum is there. Uh, but going back to, to your what you mentioned about feeling so held because I was holding your sadness and I was hold I hold your sadness with honor, with reverence, understanding that it comes with a gift for you. And I'm also holding you, the part of you that's in the midst of growing that muscle. So I hold all of it as, as, as if I'm watching creation itself. For me, it's a tremendous gift because I see the divine presence in its finest. That moment of seeming darkness is infinite potential. That's infinite potential. That is mysticism. Hmm. And so there's more, right? Because your divine self is about to rush in. The infinite power that you really are was about to rush in. And so I just savor it. Like I savor ice cream. I just savor this moment. So now to answer your question, one way that, that we can support each other. So if I have a friend that maybe an acquaintance from a, a different circle that might say, oh, I, I just don't go there. I immediately, I drop into my heart because for someone to say, I don't go there, there's tremendous pain. There's tremendous pain back there. So I don't say it. I go in, into my heart, into my consciousness. And from my own consciousness, I open it up and I give this person a big vibrational hug. And I might, if it's comfortable, if it's convenient, I might, you know, touch their arm, maybe touch their hand gently, maybe the shoulder, and I will say, I totally understand. And that makes perfect sense. And then I would leave it at that. Because they don't go there because they feel lonely. They don't know how to. No one's ever taught them. They feel that they will disintegrate and not be able to handle whatever it is that they're going through. And to be able to hold someone and say, you know what? I so get it. Yeah, I wouldn't go there. And honestly, I wouldn't have gone there if it hadn't been for my children. I, I wasn't going there for like 30 some years until I had to go there. <laughs> so that's that's one thing that I would offer. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you. That's so beautiful. Everything you said, the compassion that you you carry with you is what the world needs, Alma. Thank you for being Aww. an embodiment of compassion and you know, teaching us how to how to be in the presence of our, you know, deepest, heaviest emotions. I can tell that you taught me a lot about that. It's been so great. It's been so great ever since, you know, we sat for many sessions together and and you walk me through those processes and, and now I do it for myself. And it's really, it's really powerful. I feel like my body temples healing because of it, because I'm allowing mm -hmm. myself to feel what I learned was unacceptable. 
So, uh, so grateful for this conversation. I had a question, but it left. So I am going to trust <laughs> that all the questions have been answered. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for this conversation today. Thank yeah. you. I do want to mention one last tidbit, if it helps, is that many times we reach for a session or we go to a teacher for a specific situation, which is which was certainly my case. I thought I want to see one teacher. I want to have, you know, maybe one class, one weekend seminar. But when you do regular uh, maintenance on your own emotional life, then you don't reach the point of those loud hurts because it becomes a day-to-day. Now, for me, it's a moment-to-moment, right? But it becomes a regular practice of this is how I am with me. This is how I've learned to relate to my various, various emotions. And this is how I've learned to be grateful for that, to be grateful for my anger, grateful for my sadness. Now, when we don't attend to our sadness, when we don't attend to our fear or anger, it accumulates, right? But when we tend to it on a regular basis, it's just a, a, a normal cycle because from our emotions, when we, what this is what I call process, when I sit and process my anger, I process my, my sadness, more of my divine self comes forth. So that is really the definition of emotional maturity. Now I can finish certain emotional cycles that were not completed in my childhood. So now I, I have, uh, I'm more poised. I'm, I'm, you know, stronger. I'm more rooted in handling the the different things, you know, that I may face um, in my life. I heard you both mention the Dalai Lama last week and an interesting story from Reverend Michael. He was talking also about emotions and he shared with us that he was with the Dalai Lama one time and that someone uh, whispered to the Dalai Lama that his friend, dear, dear friend of his had just made his transition. So the Dalai Lama paused for a moment he took a deep breath, and then he opened his eyes, smiled, and continued the conversation. So he does feel these emotions. Of course he does, but he knows what to do. He feels it, and then emotions come in, emotions come out. So if it's a practice, right, I don't deny the experience ever. The reason it becomes so loud or, or so, you know, so big for us is because we had not done that for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So when we're in the practice, and this is why I want to do um, um, a regular monthly gathering so people can come and we can walk through certain processes. It won't be individual, but it'll be collective. And we can be in a practice of familiarizing ourselves with what we feel, familiarizing ourselves with being okay with all of the different emotions that we go through so that we're not using our energy to push it away. It takes more energy. We, we use more energy to push it down our emotions than it would to just let them flow and, and let, you know, just let them be. 
I do yes, have one yes. question. I re remember what the question was. And this is some um, thing that I, uh, sorry if I interrupted you, Jen. No, go ahead. Um, yeah. So um, how does one discern when you have processed certain memories? You know, you've gotten to the questions, what's underneath it, what's underneath it. And then you get to that point, you ask yourself, what do you need? You give yourself what you need. You parent yourself. Um, there's a situation I have in my life with a particular individual that I feel is in, in this is a judgment. Let me see how I say it. It's my perception. Like the story that I'm telling myself is that mm -hmm. it, this person processes uh, her emotions, but just keeps getting sadder and sadder and sadder. It's almost like there's no way out. Uh, there could be an underlying depression there now that I say it out loud. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how to discern when you have integrated this emotional imprinting from your childhood and, and then, you know, just, you know, also have room for dreams and have room for positivity, well, not positivity, but, you know, qu divine qualities of your, of your higher self. And, and, oh, oh, and then versus just staying in the processing, processing and, and, you know, kind of perpetuating that and staying wounded, uh, with identify with the wound. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's the enmeshing with the emotion. And that's identifying with the sadness. And then there's the acting out of the emotion, which is, I don't want either one is not feeling it. Okay. Either one is not feeling it because I'm acting out the emotion with an effort to protect myself from going to a deeper space mm. of really feeling it, of sitting with it and allow and allowing myself to be present with the woundedness. I'd rather enmesh with the, no, no, I'm just sad. I'm, I'm depressed. So, so then you bring the, I don't know if it's a client or someone you're working with, then you bring the person back. So let's go. Then there's a deeper layer. There's a deeper layer of, of feeling that in order to not go there, then they stay on the surface. Um, Cause depression is a surface emotion. Mm -hmm. It's, it's protecting right. uh, deeper ones. So a couple of things there that I would, I would be very cautious with that every soul has its own divine timing. Right. Yeah. So every soul is on its own path. It's on its own journey. Uh, and that's important to, to be aware of. Then I want to see if I'm getting enmeshed in my do I want the person to feel better? <laughs> That's Am exactly what's happening to me. To feel better. <laughs> <laughs> feel better. But I don't say it. Because it's a friend. It's a friend. This is not a client. I, I don't, you know, interfere. There you go. So then if it's a friend that's on their own journey, then I want to be, turn the camera to me. And I want to ask myself, how do I feel about that? Hmm. How do I really feel? What does this bring up for me? What is this? Is it triggering me in any way? And then I just kind of scan, right? I just, right. do I feel any attachment? Does it remind me of someone? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that I, I just, I don't want to see this person in pain. 
it pains me to see this person in pain. Then where is that pain within me coming from? Right. Am I, where am I? And then when, when you are present with whatever it evokes in you and you can give yourself what you need, that you're okay, you know that you have completed that cycle when all that you feel is exquisite bliss in the midst of the sadness. Mm. And both of you know what that feels like because you've touched that chord. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. You feel bliss and exquisiteness in the midst of the sadness. It's, It's like a delicious release right of of allowing this energy to move through your body mm-hmm. but it, it's it's almost like this is your divine self and when you're stuck with the emotion it's a knot mm-hmm. so to un to unravel this knot it's you you're going to feel the physiological effect of the unraveling because the muscles have been so so crippled for such a long time that the unraveling it feels like when you're when you're stretching your your muscles right it's a little bit sore but it's delicious because now there's energy flowing now and and you can at least for me the way that i feel it i can breathe deeply there's more room there's more life there's more of my divine self so holding our, our clients, our friends, our, our loved ones, our family, uh, knowing that there's more happening there for them, and then knowing how to not enmesh with their experience. Yes. Right? Because then we don't wanna we don't wanna get too identified in our relationships. We wanna maintain our center, maintain our connection, and know where I end to delineate where I end and the other begins. And that is that individual's experience. I honor that. I bless it. And I hold sacred space. And then they, they're they in their, and it's happened to me before. They're in the story. They're in the story. They cry, cry, cry. Okay, I feel better. And, and then I set a limit. I can only be with you until such and such. Because a lot of times, especially if it's friends or families, they're feeding off a you they are not processing their emotions but it for some reason it feels good for them to quote unquote not that they do it on purpose they dump it on you and you don't allow that either you set a boundary i love you i adore you i can recommend wonderful practitioners right because a lot of times people want uh, i'll speak for me they want what i got but they don't want to do the work Mm-hmm. they don't want to come to the classes mm-hmm. they don't want a session they just they just want my attention they want me to hang out with them that oh it's for some reason when i'm with you i feel better and, and i so honor that and i have a life and i have my practice and i'm happy to share my practice with you and and i just i can't save you mm-hmm. i can't you know be your your um what do you call it? Your that which you lean on. I'm, I know, and and a lot of people, and for a lot of people, that may be what a friend is. Mm-hmm. But you're my friend, and I say yes, 
I am your friend. And because I'm your friend, I give, I give you back to you. That is your power, right? I'm not going to rescue you because then I'm taking power from them if I allow that. So it's a, it's a very delicate dance as well. But, but you maintain your center. And I know that in, at the core, that individual will find the right uh, modality, the right teacher, the right individual. Yes. And, and I just let them go, be on, on their path. So, oh, I mean, golden nuggets left and right. I have gained so much. I, I want to say to our listeners and to the three of us, it never stops. We never stop learning and growing and expanding. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to walk this path hand in hand with the two of you. I invite you back, Amma. You are incredibly intuitive. I mean, just mind-blowingly intuitive and equally eloquent. You have a way of explaining life and love uh, that is unique to you and that I'm incredibly grateful for. And I know that our listeners have benefited profoundly. I'll speak for myself. I just, I love you. And I benefit from your presence and your sacred yes and your continued moment by moment willingness to show up in truth and and as love uh please come back and continue to speak with us because we've only scratched the surface i know there's more to say and there's more to feel and i want to extend the invitation you mentioned briefly your commitment to do what's going to be called a moon circle on a monthly basis and i'd like to extend the invitation to our listeners to this free guided process which will be around practicing navigating and moving through our emotions, which as you've experienced in this episode, Amma does so well, so beautifully, so lovingly. I understand these events are going to start July 2nd at 6 p.m. Pacific. And I want to encourage our listeners to contact you directly, Amma, through your Instagram account. We will put that link with this episode. It's amma.com mystic m-i-s-t-i-c ama is a-m-a dot m-i-s-t-i-c the link will be here with the episode the invitation is open this is going to be monthly so if they don't make it in july they can come in august i know it will be an event that is of high service and i cannot wait to join you Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing both of you and everyone else here that wants to come and process their emotions. Yay! Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope, we hope that you received as much as we did in this beautiful uh, episode with Ama, and we'll see you on the next one. Goodbye now. Peace on to you. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a peace teaching. Thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation. We love you. We appreciate you. And we bless your life. Peace be with you.